Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine, I'm Andy Hotbody Dawson, pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? It's the Melchester Odyssey, welcome along. Uh, Roy of the Rovers, I have in my hand a paper comic. Oh, it's not called a paper comic, it's just called a paper. Roy calls it a paper when he refers he? to it. It's not a magazine, paper. it's not a comic. Like he, he thinks he's in competition with the Times. Pretty much, yeah. But I mean, to me at the time, he would have been. I wouldn't have fucking touched the Times. No, but you wouldn't. Have, it wouldn't have been a choice anyway. That so it wouldn't have been competitions times for you. But he's saying that he's competing with, let's say, mm. the average Times reader is probably some sort of like commuter, living mm. in the southeast, right? Yeah, uh, one of these guys with a bowler hat, and in the morning he gets to the station in like Sudbury mm-hmm. or wherever the fuck he lives. Mm-hmm. I always think, what's that jam? So I know you don't like the jam. But Smithers Jones, is it Smithers Jones? Mm. Anyway, that cunt, he's going to get his copy of the Times, right, and get do the crossword on the train. So yeah. what Roy Race imagines is that yeah. his paper's got so big that fucking matey boy, Johnny Business Suit in Surrey, yeah. is at the fucking newsagents outside the fucking station in the morning, mm. and he's weighing out. He's going, oh, I was going to get the Times, mm-hmm. but fucking hell, this week's Roy the Race looks fucking great too. Um, mm-hmm. I might, I might. Um, I don't know which to get. I'm going to go for Roy the Rovers instead. Well, yeah. I don't, I don't think that was. Uh, uh, I think that's what Roy thought was going yeah. on, but I don't think it was. But it'll be a weekly treat for that that commuter, wouldn't it? And of course, people like that don't say I buy the Times. They always say I take, I take the Times. The Times. Yeah. Yeah. I take the Roy of the Rovers. Can I just say, can I get this trending with the Cunters that... Oh, please, yeah. But I would like, all of you listening, this is a... Unless you're listening to this in a year's time or whatever, this is a Cunters-only episode. Can we all just get into the habit of never saying, I listen to Top Flight Time Machine, or I subscribe to Top, top, top Flight Time Machine? Can we all get into the habit of saying, I take Top Flight Time Machine? Just to elevate it... It's a subtle little linguistic adjustment that will really elevate our status in the podcasting community and, and British culture, really. <laughs> yes, what he said. Please do that. Which podcast you take? I take Top Flight Time Machine. <laughs> we should do an it's ad. It's my favourite daily injection of middle-aged bullshit. A, bit, a picture of a really sophisticated-looking man. With a rich tan, mm. sort of Omar Sharif vibes, yeah. rich, uh, rich tan, really expensive watch, glass mm-hmm. of scotch, perhaps in a nice yeah. cut glass, and a tumbler, 
and he's yeah in a tumbler and he's just gazing softly lit and he's gazing into the lens of the camera as if it was a, his lover's eyes and he was seducing them and the quote just says mm. I take top flight time machine because mm. I am a real I'm man I'm not a cunt <laughs> because a I cunt. am not a cunt <laughs> then it says underneath Omar Sharif OBE <laughs> and it just <laughs> yeah advertisement issued on behalf of the top flight time machine well, I mean, our live tour that's coming up in November, tickets still available. Go to mm. tftimemachine.com for more information. Um, on the uh, on the on the billing on the blurb for all the shows, it says at the end, "We'll insert a quote here from Julian Fellows when we get it." And we're still waiting for that quote. That's pending. We've requested that, that quote. That's pending. He's got his people, but he gets asked for. There's a line that you call when you want to get through to Julian Fellows' office, mm-hmm. and it goes, "Thank you for calling the office of Julian Fellows. We are currently experiencing particularly high call volume, which means you are in a queue and could wait for over ten minutes." If you would like to visit our website, you may find some commonly asked questions answered there. Uh, If it is requesting a quote to endorse your podcast, please refer to the form on the website and note that there is a two-year waiting list because Mm -hmm. all of the podcasts want him to endorse them. Doesn't mean he won't, but he's just got a backlog. Yeah, I mean, we did put that form in straight away, straight after when we met him, about a year and a half ago. I tried to give it to him. But he was like, no, 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 no you no, need no, to submit no, 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 this no, no, on the no. site. Protocol, protocol. So that was he a said, shame. I can't I even touch were... it. If I touch it, yeah. it's rendered void. Yeah. So uh, we'll have ah, to Ah, go on, that. man, take that. the form. Won't cost you no. Just give it to your secretary get when your you get back to the office, man. Me. Get your <laughs> monkey away from me. Ah, he's scratching me, he's scratching me. Ah, don't be daft. He's harmless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if he buys me, I haven't had a tetanus. Ah, oh, don't be silly. He likes you. That's the way he shows you he likes you. I'm sure he reached into his pocket for a pistol and then thought better of it. <laughs> Go on. Give him a, have you got a mint? He likes him. Give him a mint. <laughs> he can smell something on you that he likes. Go on. Don't forget flat hand. Flat hand on my bite fingers off. <laughs> Let him smell you first to show that you're not a frat. <laughs> I do have an after eight in my top pocket. Yeah, that's what he can smell. Let's see. That's why he's got so excited. See, oh, we should crowdfund a film of the day we met Julian Fellows. A dramatization. <laughs> yeah, we should. Oh, that was good. Um, where are we? Melchester. Yeah, Roy the Rovers, thirtieth of October, nineteen eighty-two. On the front cover is. Uh, West Brom's Ali Brown races shoulder to shoulder with Kevin Moran of Manchester United as they chase oh. a long clearance at the Hawthorns. Uh, it's not the best. <laughs> I even oh, I've got to get this issue. I want that picture Fucking of hell. Kevin Moran in full flight. Uh, the, you only see half of Kevin Moran on it. It's mostly Ali Brown. And the headline is Charge! <sighs> don't even, don't, so, uh, don't even fucking says, know who Ali Brown is, mate. Nah. More colour action with this week's Super Snap, Watford versus Everton, plus Sign Please featuring Norman Whiteside. Oh, I must pick this up. There's a photograph of Watford versus Everton in it. Yeah, and also I must pick this up because there's a Sign Please for Norman Whiteside, which is great because it's a picture of Norman Whiteside, but with a special space for him to sign. So what I'll do is I'll buy this, fold it up and keep it on me at all times in case I ever bump into Norman Whiteside. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they'll have a really convenient thing for him to sign. 
No, he's already signed it. It's the sign, please. That's, that's the beauty. Oh, of it. I thought it was something where there was a gap for him to sign. Oh, no, no, there you are. There's the autograph there. Can you see it? Oh, that's not bad, yeah. Yeah. But I think about that's, Norman uh, Whiteside quite a lot, to be honest. Probably too much. Big norm. Yeah, yeah I do, actually. Yeah. Um, right, so where are we? Inside, Roy the Rovers. Uh, it says across the top as well, Roy Race, Britain's top soccer hero, inside. <laughs> Just in case you weren't sure that Roy Race would be in here. He's so, a, he's um, sort of, I think you should jazz it up a bit. Write something about me being inside the comic. Well... The comic is named after you, Mr. Race. Yeah. So, yeah, but just to make do- some of the kids who read this are double thick, by the way. So you've got to fucking spell it out for them. Assume nothing when it comes to these cunts. You've got Ali Brown on the front. I think we're going to need something to remind everyone that it's all about me and not the Ali Brown Weekly. And not fucking I mean? pictures of Watford versus Everton. <laughs> fucking hell. Sounds like a cure for insomnia. <laughs> is this some kind of tax dodge this week are you trying to lose money on it this week what's going on so we'll look inside to the Roy of the Rovers story and uh, at the beginning it tells us what's been going on it says following a heavy defeat in the opening match of the season Roy fielded a new look team for Rovers visit to Carford City a team which included veteran keeper Tubby Morton oh dear Midway through the second half, with Rovers clinging grimly to a 2-1 lead, Tubby seemed on the brink of collapse. Um, it's it's a tried-and-trusted Melchester story, isn't it? Goalkeeper has melt, mental breakdown. We've done <laughs> yeah. it before. With, they, uh, do. they really Morgan have Williams. recycled this a lot, yeah. <laughs> well, there's <laughs> three. Again with Tubby Charlie Carter's had a breakdown at least once. Has he? Yeah, he had a breakdown. Oh, yeah, that's how he lost his place, wasn't it? That's how Walter Williams got in. Walter Williams came in and had went, a breakdown when he replaced yeah. him. Now Tubby Morton, they've, they're that desperate, they've called him fucking Tubby Morton, who hasn't played in decades. He's had a breakdown, understandably. Mm-hmm. There's no duty of care with goalkeepers within Melchester Rovers as an organisation. They just throw no. them like lambs to the fucking slaughter. Goalkeepers it's need like- emotional and mental support. Of course they do. Well, they, they they do, especially because, as everyone knows, goalkeepers are different, as we're always told. They're like Little drummers. Goalkeepers are mad. You've got to be mad to be a goalkeeper. But, Imagine um, if you yeah, were a no drumming support. goalkeeper. You'd be double blighted. Yeah. Um, are you clicking something, Sam? Yeah. Okay. It's because I'm thinking about um, drumming. Um, speaking of which, have you ever heard the, the Ringo Starr song, Drumming Is My Madness? <laughs> no, that sounds brilliant. It is incredible. It's on his album Stop and Smell the Roses, and it was recorded, I think it was recorded during the height of his um, brandy consumption phase. And it was did written he have, by... Did he have addiction problems, Ringo Starr? Yeah, yeah. And um, it was written by Harry Nielsen, his pal, who was also very, very fond of the brandy at all times of the day. And what about, um, did they like the old Charlie as well? Well, obviously, everyone did, I think, back in the 70s. <laughs> yeah, I suppose but I they did, Brandy yeah. was their, was their main... Um, Brandy well, and Charlie. ...liquid sauce. So, drumming is, drumming is my madness. Um, I'll read you the lyrics. Drumming is my madness. Drumming is my business. <laughs> drumming, drumming is my pleasure. Drumming makes me happy. Drumming makes me lose control. Drumming makes me rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just the beginning of it. Go on, Ringo. Do you know what's weird? As you started to say that, 
the mm. moment I got a notification on my phone and I get notifications when people do a comment on Patreon underneath one of our right. episodes, right? Okay. As you started talking about Ringo Validation. Star, Validation. Well, I mean, that's not the reason I have it up. It's just Gmail. When a Gmail, any Gmail message comes up, it notifies me, right? All right. Fucking as it comes up, someone um, called Starkey pops up. Just as you say, Christian Starkey, Christian spelt with a K. Hello, Christian, if you're listening. You should know that as he started talking about Ringo Starr, a.k.a. Richard Starkey. Richard Starkey. Fucking your name popped up fucking almost the cosmos. moment he said it. And that is fucking Cosmos shit, mate. That's the Cosmos I'm having quite a Cosmosy day, if I'm honest. Something's going on. The Cosmos right. is involved in my life today in a big way. Just got to relax and go with it. I've, got a ru- I've had a run of bad luck to today, so I'm quite down in mm. the dumps. But then also oh. some strange coincidences have happened as well, like that one. And usually, you know, like, Earlier in Top Flight Time Machine, I struggled to work out what the universe was trying to tell me. But, you know, Mm. I worked that out in the end. And it was just Mm. like, if you see a lot of coincidences, it's the way of the universe saying, like, oi, mate, just go with it, yeah? bit like you just said. Just like you said, Mm. just go with it, right? Mm -hmm. Very much you are like the voice of of the uh, cosmos. And so the the, the bad luck has happened to me, right, today, a a series of bad things, and yet... The cosmos is simultaneously saying, mate, just roll with the punches. It's all going to work out. Yeah. So that's what that's, I'll do, I suppose. secret. You do it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Tubby's on the brink of collapse. And we join the story with... Uh, we, we just see it from pitch level. It's a great, great picture. We see it at pitch level and we just see a Carford forward running with the ball at his feet. Um... It's 1982 when they're still using the orange um, leather-panelled ball. Football yeah, technology moved on greatly by then, hadn't it? We had oh, the yeah, they were definitely white. Although there and wasn't there was a, a standard one. ball. Different clubs used different balls in those days, didn't they? Yeah. West yeah. Ham used the Minerva Supreme, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know if any other clubs used, but it wasn't just like one ball for the whole league. But I don't think any really of them liked, were orange. I really liked that white one with the red panels cross it in like a band that Justin Fashion who scored his goal against that is the first leather football I ever owned and we didn't call it a leather football though the term that was used for it was professional football it was a professional football I've got a professional football and um, Archie who obviously I've discussed a great deal who's only in my life for a couple of years but obviously had a disproportionate impact he was the cunt who got it for me because he had a job in Harrods briefly before he got sacked wow. for vague reasons on the mm. shop floor. And he um, he somehow managed to secure at discount. But I think he was nicking from Harrods, right? Mm. And Is it safe to assume that, do you think? Yeah, I think it's pretty safe. I yeah. mean, he, okay. he had a record for that sort of thing. And he worked at Harrods for a while. <laughs> Fuck knows how he secured the job there. And then he was just let go quite quickly. Not long mm. after securing me, not inexpensive. I feel, I feel as if they were much more expensive get, because it was rare. Everyone had plastic footballs. Nowadays, every kid has a leather football. My kid's got one. Yeah, Everyone's fucking got one. It's standard. Whereas when yeah. we were kids, if someone you knew in the area had what I would call a professional football, you go, you know that kid? 
he's got a professional football and he says he's bringing it down the wreck on Thursday. It'd be a big deal, right? Yeah, it would be a Christmas present, wouldn't it? From probably a quite well-to-do kid. Yeah, exactly. Whereas most people just... You had either a flyaway, like the a quid from the mm. newsagents, or the slightly heavier, like the ones that fucking killed you when they hit you on the leg. Yeah, that's that's what I had first. But then I got that, that one with the, the red panels on. Yeah. And I never took it out of the house. I never took it up the field where nah. we all played together. Get ruined. Just for the garden. And just also, garden. a bigger kid, I don't know, if, like, if you had a really good football like that, there was a massive chance that a bigger kid would just Close. take it. Yeah. I'm just having that. You'd, Within seconds, it'd be yeah. like, that's mine. Bye. Yeah, and then you tell your parents, and they haven't put it on the fucking contents insurance, so you can't get a new one. They can't it's claim insurance, lesson, no. Anyway, so anyway, there's this fucking orange ball at the feet of the uh, Carford player, and Tubby Morton, we see in shot, looking petrified as he's running towards him. <laughs> and behind him are the Carford fans shouting, You've had it, Morton! Here comes the equaliser! He couldn't stop a balloon! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, the cunts. Fans can be so cruel, can't they? Poor bastard. But that seems to have snapped something in his mind because the shot comes in and he instinctively palms it over the bar. Yeah, the, and in, the, and bar, in the space of right one hand. frame, he seems to have lost about fucking two stone as well. Because in <laughs> yeah. the first frame, he's sat, he's, he looks like like not not see. just tubby I mean he's more obese Morton to be he's honest obese. but in the next frame he's, he's fucking guts. flipping himself over like a cat and he looks yeah. absolutely lean and, and athletic so I think what's happened there Sam is all, all of the fat has travelled to his back yes you can't actually see because he's that jumping backwards isn't he that can happen so the yeah. fat's all wobbled to his back and it's out of shot I'll store most uh, of my fat in my back which is great <laughs> when you're out dancing because as long as you make sure that the nice lasses only ever see you from the front, you're fucking... You're, you're on one. <laughs> I tape some of it up my ass. That keeps it out of sight. <laughs> By the time I've got them on, when the teletape comes off, it's too late. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, that's grim. <laughs> Time to uh, remove the tape, sweetheart. Oh, did I tell you? I'm morbidly obese. Did I forget to mention... <laughs> Oh, well. <laughs> Here it comes. <laughs> Stand back now. I'm about to remove the sticky tape. Bit like a tsunami. <laughs> oh, yeah, have a ride around on that. A tsunami Surf. of lard. Surf the waves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, he palms it onto the bar and the fans are going, Oh, it's hit the crossbar. And Vic Guthrie reached the rebound first, and he volleys it clear. Well cleared, super brat. Good thing the Melchester defence is playing well. Fucking hell. Hmm. Um, and then another one shouts, It's got to with old Whiskers Morton playing in goal. It was only the woodwork that saved him that time. Whiskers Morton? What the fuck? And um, Roy's thinking, Roy's staring at Tubby Morton as he picks himself up. And Roy thinks, you're wrong, loud mouth. <laughs> <laughs> loud mouth. Loud mouth. Fuck loud off, mouth loud mouth. Con. Don't make me fucking come in there. Jalapeno. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jalapeño. It says the recent incident formed in Roy's mind like an action replay. It's a bit psychedelic. So there it is. We've got Roy's uh, dismembered head looking at us and his thought bubble coming out of his head. And we see Tubby save from a different angle. And Roy's thinking, Tubby just got a finger to that shot. Otherwise, it would have been a goal. Now, uh, yeah. that feels like a frame that doesn't need to be there. Yeah, we, we know that. <laughs> That's literally that. ju- You're just explaining what just happened one frame ago. <laughs> We've just seen it. Okay, now I've David just skew working, maybe, David skew working a half day here. Maybe there is a point to goalkeepers after all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I always thought they were a waste then. of fucking time and money. The cunts expect playing. And then uh, we see a long throw coming in from the sideline from Carford. Harrison's going for a long throw. So there's Harrison throwing it in as the ball found a Carford player near the back post. Backheader! That's a technical that's term. That's up there with flag kick. Yeah. Flag kick. It's like me saying... I know this one. Backheader! It's like me saying, professional football. <laughs> uh, he does. He nods it on. Uh it's beaten Duncan Mackay. It seals over Mackay's head. Mackay goes, uh, Grandad Gosden's staring at it as it seals by as well. Uh, this doesn't look good. Uh, so they're shouting, It's beaten Duncan Mackay. And then we turn the page, But not Morton. And Morton has leapt into the air and caught it with both hands, plucked it out of the sky. Lucky perisher. He happened to be on the right spot. So, um, and Royce, giving some more analysis, Roy thinks, wrong again. Wrong again, fuckhead. <laughs> he says, Tubby, Tubby anticipated the set piece and positioned himself accordingly. <laughs> <laughs> really weird. I never have thoughts as articulate as that. No, never. What happens I is... I can't any sentence together like, thoughts. Thinking... Your thoughts are just the fucking mad, like, jazz thoughts, aren't they? And I don't even know what thoughts are. I can't nah, even fucking... It's hard to distinguish no. between thoughts and words sometimes. But oh, what I think is, is that thoughts come in all chaotic-like, and then there's a process mm. that goes... There's a pipe that leads from your brain down into your mouth mm. and out your mouth. and The mind pipe. And it's during yeah. its, its journey from the mind down the pipe and out the mouth that you start to, mm. with any luck, order the the thoughts into words that make yeah. sense. 
they go through your yeah. mind pipe and, and make a decision as to whether or not they're valid and you should even say them yeah i mean because if you have wrong. if we had speak if we had thought bubbles we have speech bubbles but if we had thought bubbles and someone mm. read them it would just go bollocks magpie grass fox pain <laughs> <laughs> Trumpet, anus, chocolate biscuit, <laughs> tears, <laughs> sleep, <laughs> death, <laughs> sex, <laughs> telly, <laughs> expenses. <laughs> Maybe we should do a special episode fully made up of undiluted thoughts. We could do it live from our brain, right? And we somehow yeah. find a way of podcasting. Like the skulls in, Yeah, in the exactly. Beetle. We podcast not from our mouths, but we somehow attach a pipe directly out of our brain our into minds. the microphone and we just pump out raw, we pump out raw thoughts. Raw, unfiltered raw thoughts direct from our brain. <laughs> Pumped out to you for half an hour or thereabouts via Patreon. Uh, fucking hell. Yeah, we'll look at the technology. We'll do that. So Morton has caught the ball. Uh, Roy's analysed it. Oh, and then Morton throws it straight out and shouts, Paco Diaz! Uh, the Rover's Spanish superstar saw Roy streaking up the middle and uh, hits a first-time ball into Roy's path what a pass he's bent the ball around two defenders Roy's thinking all I've got to do is touch it on and he does he does touch it on into the path of Glenn what the fuck's he called again this new lad they brought in from Scotland Glenn A. Larson not telling us Glenn A. Larson what call him <laughs> <laughs> and Roy shouts yours Glenn have a go is it Glenn Ritchie I don't know something like that um, have a go and uh, Glenn does. Oh, uh, oh, it yeah, goes wide of the post. <laughs> it goes. It sails wide of the post. I let you make the noise that the uh, Carford fans are making there. Can you say that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you shout when you when someone misses. Yeah. <laughs> and another one says, "If that shot had been on target, our keeper wouldn't have seen the ball." <laughs> Fucking hell. What's that supposed to uh, fucking mean? No confidence mean? in Morton at all. And uh, Glenn says, "Sorry, Roy, aye." And uh, Roy says, "Never mind, lad. Just keep running through and shooting on sight. <laughs> don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> he don't care." And Jimmy Slade says, "That's why we brought you to Melchester, Glenn." You silly <laughs> con. Knows why? <laughs> As the game wore on, with Roy and Blackie working like terriers in midfield. Uh, Roy tackles, nicks the ball off a, a Carford player who says, Gaia! Another great tackle! Oh, lads, just can't put a decent attack together now! And uh, the Rovers stayed firmly in control until Feeb! Ref blows his whistle. Blackie says, Full time! Wahoo! We've done it! Come and give us a cuddle, Roy! And he's there, he's got his arm around Roy. <laughs> Come closer. No closer still. Press your body against mine. Oh, I'm all sweaty. Can you feel how sweaty, glistening bodies rubbing You're up against one another? You're sweaty too. Our fluids are merging into one. S- sliding against each other like slippery fish. <laughs> Have you ever seen two <laughs> eels in a bucket? 
<laughs> when we were That's kids, what it feels like now. When we were kids, me and my cousins used to go down to the Mersey and catch eels, and then we'd throw them in a bucket together and watch them all ride around. It was dead weird. Around and twirl and entwine their bodies together. <laughs> sometimes, beautiful and mesmerizing. Really. Sometimes we'd chuck stuff at them like salt. And that would panic them. And they'd go into a frenzy. But they were unable to get out of the bucket. They'd be so scared. <laughs> but I liked it, Roy. I don't know why I liked it. <laughs> All right. Lucky. I think it was I was in control. And I never really felt like I was in control very much then. I felt I a lot of pain. There was a lot of pain in my own life. And for those few moments... Inflicting that pain upon others seemed to relieve my own. I put another creature, another one of God's creatures. <laughs> I knew I, it was I wrong, think I it. but that was part I of the thrill, Roy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ducky, enough now. <laughs> so anyway, come closer. Um, pretend we're Roy two eels in a bucket, but the stadium, Mel Park, is is our bucket. We can't get out. But we've just won. We're in control now. No one can throw salt on us. <laughs> and um, Roy shouts, uh, yeah, well done, lads. That was an important victory for all of us. <laughs> just changing the subject. <laughs> yeah, good uh, stuff. Then... Don't, don't pay any mind to Blackie. He's just a... Uh... He's very, he's very he's just, euphoric because of the win. He's excited because we got the points. Well done. He's probably a bit tired too, to be honest. He did a lot of running in that game. It'll be five months he's had a lie down. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy Slate says, I don't think Tommy Morton would call it a victory. Look! And then the next paddle, he's being oh, carried off and shared off the pitch. <laughs> it looks like Elvis being carried off stage in yeah, 1976 with a cloak over him <laughs> he says he's so exhausted Noel Baxter and Steve Naylor are having to carry him off oh god <laughs> the, Look at that. the indignity of it fuck me he's just looking at the ground he's just embarrassed I am fucked um, lads I'm not even going to lie I cannot even crawl to the edge of this pitch, you're going to have to carry me. And yes, it's going to take at least two of you. I know you're tired. We all are. I'm sorry. But I need to, uh, as soon as I get down that tunnel, you need to have the following ready for me. A packet of John Player Special. One lighter. Bic is fine. And a pint of Lucasade to replace my sugar and energy levels. <laughs> And four Scotch and then we've got, we got a little bit of a preview to next week and it says uh, next week and it's some speech marks it looks really serious and it's all my fault who that'll be we'll find out next time uh, and then there's a very very tiny square for you to write in your marks out of 10 oh fucking hell they're I'm not sure expecting the I don't think they're that. expecting double digits are they for that because they've no. only given you enough room to draw one no well I'm going to give it double digits I'm giving that a 10 I'll give it a nine. I love that one. It is very good. It's I, very good. I'm giving it. A, I'd give it a nine normally, but I'm giving it the extra for the sake of Tubby being fucking chaired off. Chaired again. off, yeah. Yeah, that's a ten for me. A uh, couple of other bits. We've got Roy's phone call of the week. 
which is now being enhanced and it's got a big picture of Roy in the middle of uh, a telephone dialer with the numbers from zero to uh, to nine there um, just to fill a bit more space I think and Alan Clark is the caller this week I don't know whether that's Alan Clark who's paid for Leeds or Alan or Clark Alan the former Clark, Conservative the Party Minister who Could wrote be. the infamous or, diaries about having it off with everyone yeah, or the film director who directed Scum, yeah. among other things. And Rita Sue and Bob, uh, too. One of the finest Rita directors Bob ever, too, yeah. really, wasn't he? He fucking is, yeah. Uh, Alan Clark lives in London, SE5. That's probably the director. And he says, uh, I've been... Uh, well, Roy says it. Roy reads it out. He says, Alan lives in London, SE5, and said... I've been buying Roy the Rovers ever since it came out. My favourite stories are The Hard Man and The Footballer Who Wouldn't Stay Dead. The one criticism of the hard man I have is that it's a bit unbelievable. Just said it's his favourite story, and then he's just laid in with a criticism as well. Who's this? He sounds it's, like something my dad would write in. <laughs> it was, yeah, it's all it's right, just, but it's not realistic. Yeah, that's it. Like, he says they've won the FA Cup promotion and two European Cups, which I think is too much, even for Danefield United. Uh, I still like the footballer who wouldn't stay dead because it was a good idea for a story. I reckon it could have been kept going longer. The quiz pages should be replaced by another story. Uh, I've done some statistics about your paper and its prices, Roy. I've got 37 copies at 7p, 65 at 8p, 44 at 9p, 26 at 10p, 23 at 12p, 20 at 14p, 31 at 15p, 47 at 16p, and several, of course, at its current price of 18p. That's less than £35 in six years, which isn't bad. (laughs) And, by the way... It's all tax deductible because of the line of work I'm in, which I will not disclose to you, but trust me, it's a fucking tax write-off. <laughs> That's why I've had to do the sums. I haven't done it for fucking fun. It's my tax return coming up, and you've saved me a pretty penny. <laughs> he says, uh, all in all, I like your paper very much, although some people might think I'm a bit too old for it. No one is too old to read Roy of the Rovers, Alan. You have won three pounds. Congratulations. Now, fuck that off. That should buy you about... That should buy you about 23 issues. Yeah, buy yourself <laughs> a fucking chocolate worth. bar while you're at it, cunt. Um, <laughs> what about this thing so above, Andy, entitled Social Disease? Yes, this is very important. This is from the Roy Race talking page. And Roy says, From Tree Forest, Migdalmore, and Andrea Casey writes in to say... I think I must have spelled Andrew wrongly there. Uh, I, I know it's about it's girls. From a girl, yeah. <laughs> she says, "I'm sure more girls would attend football matches if it wasn't for the violence on and off the terraces." Although I live a long way from Liverpool, I'm a keen supporter of the Reds, but I would never attempt to attend any of their matches for fear of violence. Even though pool fans are said to be well behaved, uh, many of my friends are also supporters of various clubs, but they agree with me that things will have to change before us girls start going to games. Now then, Roy in reply to this, very much gets on his soapbox and he says, You're absolutely right, Andrea. Although some people would argue that the counter-attraction of sport on television during Saturday afternoons, plus the high cost of travelling to and from matches and ever-increasing admission charges are reasons for stay-away fans, I believe the risk of being caught up with a senseless mob (laughs) is the main problem to luring back supporters to our national game. And then he goes into bold type. Yeah. Overturning cars, looting, fighting, obscene language, bloodshed, etc. has nothing whatsoever to do with soccer. 
These frightening and sickening goings-on are unfortunately part of a social disease. Fucking hell. <laughs> and that is where Roy goes full Thatcher. Probably for the very first time. <laughs> there is no he's such done, thing as society. <laughs> exactly, yeah. These people are the enemy within. <laughs> <laughs> These people are not people. And then he goes, he goes, I don't want to delve any deeper, Andrea. And all readers... And all readers. And Andrea, and all readers. It would become an entirely different debate from here on in. Trust me, we would get into oh! some deep and uncomfortable subject areas that a lot of people are not ready to hear. Because... I'm only going to say... All I would say is, there is a liberal establishment in this in this country who are no better than fascists. The fascists that our grandfathers fought in the war to defeat. And now we are being told what we can and cannot say. We might as well just have put our guns down and let Hitler march through the place. I'm only going to say three words. Bring back hanging. Thank you very much. <laughs> He says it will become an entirely different debate from here on in. But in the meantime, I don't know what on earth the authorities can do or propose to do to deter such behaviour. Yeah, he does. He doesn't know. But, uh, What's interesting obviously. is during that. I mean, that is quite interesting. That because that is quite an insight to how bad things were that people just weren't going to games. And now, when it's very it, difficult to get tickets for football matches, especially in the top flight. And everywhere sells out. And even, you know, I think something like, mm. you know, there's that stat about the championship being like the second or third best supported league in the whole of Europe, right? Our second tier. Yeah. And you think, fucking hell, things were so bad. And you didn't have a government who were prepared to look at it as a social problem that they had any agency over beyond just law and order. Instead of looking at it yeah. for what it was, like all these things are, which is like, you know... If you've bred a generation of fucking angry, violent people, right, mm. then that's something... They're do angry, violent stuff. Yeah. And so... But what it is interesting that it... I mean, you look at that there, and you look at what football became, and you think, well, it would have seemed at that point totally unfixable or a mountain to climb. But by the late 90s, it, I wouldn't say it was over... But no one went to football thinking that there was a high chance they'd get caught up in aggro. Not really, you know. Yeah. Not no. really. Not not if you're going along to your local club or you're like, you know, your home ground sort of thing with your kids or whatever. What happened? I think the simplest explanation is they just made football outrageously expensive. Yeah. And they put you in seats so that everyone knew where you were. And yeah. You could be controlled and monitored more. Of course, everybody took ecstasy. That's what happened. Yeah, they everybody that, took that, ecstasy that's in there. like at a... That's just um, another one of those do documentary sort of platitudes, isn't it? Yeah, we've, we've touched on that before. Yeah. Um, so there we are. Uh, we'll leave it there. Thanks for uh, listening. Uh, goodbye. Don't fight at the football. It's mindless. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 